You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to the Friday episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code Locked On, you can get 20% off of your next order. I'm your host, your pal, and the kitty copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at LukeBraunNFL. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. You can always send the show an email at LockedOnVikingsPodcast at gmail.com, and you can join the community on Discord or find a number of other links like podcast feeds and stuff in the show notes. And today, I want to continue with some of what was supposed to be Cap Week, but now it's just kind of getting spread over the entire like first part of February. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about a, a mock off-season exercise. We're going to do another mock off-season. We kind of did over the course of the last like week and a half or so, I went over what like I would do if I were Spielman and Brzezinski. If I were in the room, what would I advocate for? Like That kind of thing. We came up with a plan where the Vikings kind of fixed a lot of their Cap stuff. Um, they got a couple more offensive linemen in the room. They got a different different safety that wasn't Anthony Harris. For details on all of that, uh, you can go listen to those episodes. You won't need to know it for this one, though, because today we are going to stress test, I guess, the Vikings cap. What if the Vikings ran it all back? is the question we are going to ask. And you might be a, you might roll your eyes at that, right? Because the Vikings probably shouldn't run everything back. There's a lot of stuff that didn't work. So you know, maybe they shouldn't bring back whatever player it is that you don't like, or what, maybe they should get rid of somebody like uh, Kyle Rudolph or Shamar Stefan are the two guys that I would cut for cap casualties if I were in charge. Maybe they should get rid of those guys, or maybe you think they should get rid of like Anthony Barr or Trade Riley Reef or any of those things. And sure, that all has merit. But what if... Uh, what if they just didn't? What if they said, nope, we like every single player on the roster, all the way from the top at Kirk Cousins, all the way down to Eric Wilson and Dakota Dozier and all of these guys? What if they tried to run back every single player? And this isn't necessarily to advocate for that plan, because I certainly don't. It's more to stress test the system. So that's going to be most of the show. But we also have to talk a little bit. The Vikings made a little bit of a cap move on Thursday. That's worth talking about. They gave Riley Reef a million dollar signing bonus as a reworking of his uh, 2021 contract. So if you weren't paying attention during the week 17, the meaningless game against Detroit, that, who could blame you, right? Uh, a lot of more interesting stuff going on in the NFL during that day. But if you were watching that, you might have been watching for an incentive. And I, I bet Riley Reef was. Was because Riley Reef didn't play in that game. He was on the COVID list and he had an incentive in his contract worth a million dollars if he played a certain percentage of the Vikings snaps, uh, offensive snaps. And that incentive seemed to be drawn exactly at, did you start every game? And if you only started six or 15 of 16 games, you wouldn't get the incentive. And that's exactly what happened. He went on the COVID list for the final meaningless game and it's this like terrible beat and he misses out on the incentive. So the Vikings basically did him a solid here. What they did is they said, we're just going to give you that million dollars signing bonus and tell you, listen, you made it through all of the meaningful games. We were already out of the playoffs and you went on the COVID list, which isn't even like, it's not like, you know, if you get injured and you can say, well, there should have been better conditioning or something like that. No, this is very clearly just like a deeply unlucky outcome. And here you can have your million dollars anyways. And here's the thing, when the Vikings gave Riley Reef that 
contract incentive that was part of a broader plan that wasn't counting on having that million dollars anyways. So I imagine it was a pretty easy thing for them to do. It would have been just as easy to say, oh, well, whoops, bad beat. Looks like we have an extra million in cap space we weren't counting on, but they didn't do that. They kind of did this as a, a show of good faith. And I think that accomplishes two things. For one, I think it will probably help to kind of smooth over a relationship that might have been a little damaged from the pay cut scenario that happened at the beginning of the season. If you don't remember that, the Vikings approached Riley Reef with the ultimatum they approach players with a lot, where they say, hey, you don't have any guaranteed money on your contract. You can come back for this reduced salary, or we're just going to cut you and good luck in free agency. And he said, all right, well, it was like right before the season, and they were trying to do that to make room for the unique Ngakwe contract because they had just made that trade. And then six games away one and five stretch later, they ship Unique Ngakwe back out of town and Riley Reef doesn't get his money back and that kind of stinks. So I don't know if I were Riley Reef, I would have been kind of mad about that. And this show of good faith, I think, would go would, would be a pretty good step toward kind of smoothing over whatever happened to that relationship. At the same time, I think everybody involved understands that like it's a business and loyalty is a, a bit of a false concept in the NFL. Everybody's looking out for numero uno. And I think it's just as important that this sends a signal to other players, both in the Vikings organization, potential free agents, draft picks and stuff, that, hey, the Vikings are a team that they're going to be good faith with you. And yeah, it's a business and they're going to do harsh stuff, but ultimately they're not going to try to scam you or pull one over on you. And honestly, looking around the league at organizations like the Lions that everybody wanted to leave, the Jaguars the last couple of years, now the Texans, I think that is a differentiating factor that could end up producing an advantage later in that, you know, situations like Anthony Barr taking less money to be with the Vikings versus the Jets or Kirk Cousins taking less money to be with the Vikings versus, again, the Jets. Um, I, I think that kind of stuff doesn't just happen because you're lucky. I think it takes a lot of work and sometimes it takes some costly sacrifice to foster that sort of reputation. And I think this is a move that goes toward that. And then, of course, there is the signal that this kind of tells us at least somewhat what the Vikings intend to do in the offseason. There's been a lot of talk. And even in my offseason plan, I said, what if we found a trade partner for Riley Reef? And that's still definitely in the cards. And I think it was uh, Tom Pelissero who still said, you know, yeah, the Vikings still have a decision to make. He's got this big $5 million of his contract as in a roster bonus. Then so, you know, eventually that becomes fully guaranteed. And it becomes harder to get rid of him and stuff. So they do have some decisions to make there. And I think this does give us a little bit of a hint as to where they're leaning with that decision, but definitely don't call it a foregone conclusion just yet for whatever it's worth, as it is a signing bonus, even in the event of a trade, the Vikings would still be on the hook for that $1 million. And I think that makes sense, right? They are, they planned to have already paid it anyways. So as with all things, we'll see where they actually end up. Now, before I get too deep into the uh, the run it back mock offseason, by the way, if you don't like the run it back off uh, mock offseason, if you don't like the idea of running it back and you'd rather blow the team up, stay tuned because that's coming up uh, sometime ne next week, probably where we do the blow it all up and we'll trade cousins and we'll uh, ruin the whole roster and see if we can't make it better by 2022 or 2023. That's always a fun thing. I've done it every year. Uh, so stick around for that. But before we get into the run it back off season, I want to talk to you about the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They have a new delicious couple of flavors. Perhaps it's their best bar yet. It's coconut brownie chunk. That's dark chocolate, coconut, and real brownie chunks. It's definitely just a candy bar. Like my brain sees it and tastes it, and it's a candy bar, but it's still the same low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, keto-friendly built bar that we've always been talking about. It has 150 calories, 15 grams of protein, just 7 grams of sugar, and it is a limited-time flavor. You can get it today at BuiltBar.com. 
Hey, did you check out the special bonus episode? It went up kind of in the middle of the day on Thursday between uh, yesterday's proper episode and this episode. Uh, go check it out. I am in it uh, talking uh, to Peter Bukowski a little bit about the outlook of the Vikings. Locked on today, under 20 minutes, all of the sports news you ever need. That's NFL, NBA, etc., etc. Everything in under 20 minutes every single day, just like this podcast. It's the Locked On Day po- Today podcast. Go check it out wherever you find your favorite shows. Now, let's start this run it back thing. And again, we're not trying to advocate for running all these players back. I am operating under the blanket assumption so that we can kind of say we're not evaluating these players or saying, should we bring these players back? We're just operating under the blanket assumption. If the Vikings wanted to bring everyone back, could they? And we're doing that stress test. And if the answer is no, it'll give us a sense of where the limit is, of of how many of these quote-unquote tough decisions that everybody's talking about the Vikings actually have to do. And we've already done some of this work in other episodes. You can go listen to them for details, but for a a quick recap, we've already talked about the idea of extending Daniel Hunter to give him a big contract. You can actually convert a lot of his current contract to signing bonus so it would lower his cap hit in 2021 and a lot of the big money would kick in later once hopefully once the COVID money hit thing uh, passes over. You can do something similar with Harrison Smith, give him two more years. And by then, you know, we'll, we'll know more about how he ages or maybe he even retires a Viking. We have a bar restructure um, and we can also plan in 2022 to extend Kirk Cousins, which would be part of this, so that the 2022 money, we kind of have a better sense for what we can and can't borrow from 2022 and also a Brian O'Neill extension. That would be part of the run it back. We're going max consistency, max continuity here and seeing how far we can get. And for some of the things that I'm going to do in this show, we also have to do the maximum restructure for Adam Thielen. It's about $11 million that would get restructured over the next few years and and lower his cap hit a little bit. In 2021, at least, that saves about $8 million and kicks a lot of it down the road. So we're dealing with that, and that gives us quite a bit of uh, actual cap space to work with. A lot of that goes to the Brian O'Neill thing, but a lot of it is actually going to go to re-signing some players. Now, we're trying to run everything back here. The only one I couldn't fit in was Eric Wilson, because Eric Wilson would, like, command a starting salary. It's kind of what people say he's going to make, like, $9-10 million on the market, because I think some team out there is going to think he's, a, he's a, a starter, and I think he'll want to go test that market, so I don't know if the Vikings can get him back on the cheap, like he played under a second-round tender in 2020. Um, and I don't think that there's a place on the team for him as a starter, especially if we're restructuring and committing even further to Anthony Barr. So we had to let Eric Wilson go. That's the only one I couldn't figure out a way to get in because I'd be like $9 million more million. There are some pretty easy re-signings that don't change the math like a whole lot, like Efadio uh, Denebo. He's a restricted free agent, so you can do an easy tender with him. Uh, there's also guys like Dakota Dozier and Sean Mannion that probably won't command huge salaries, like a million each or something like that, maybe a million and a half, whatever you have to do to get that done. So there's not much we really have to do there. And then, of course, we do need to fill the other guard role. Uh, Maybe we don't. If we're bringing back Dakota Dozier, of course, we still have Ezra Cleveland playing the other guard role, but I'm still going to bring in some competition uh, in Max Garcia because... I could. That's one that uh, we talked about on Tuesday or on Wednesday's show. Uh, We talked about the idea of Max Garcia. He's of the Arizona Cardinals. I think he's a good fit. He actually has some familiarity with the Kubiak staff. And for a bunch of reasons, he would be, I think, cheaper than he should be. And that's a good opportunity to go in and strike. So that's a a lot of the kind of small stuff that we did. But there's some big decisions that we still have to make. For one, we have to do something with Riley Reef here because Riley Reef, of course, is making a lot of money. And uh, what I did was I added an extra year to his 
his contract. And I wanted to put him at about 11 million per year. I think that would put him in a reasonable spot among left tackles. This is not a mega deal. This is a 33-year-old guy, so we don't need to give him like market rate 17, 18 million dollars a year, like what I think like a, a left tackle coming into his next contract would get, like, you know, whatever Ronnie Stanley got or whatever. We don't need to do that. Um, I, I think we can get away with 11 million per year with Riley Reef. We can guarantee his uh, $5 million roster bonus in the form of a signing bonus in this new contract, add a little bit of money to his Second year, that second year won't be guaranteed, though. Uh, we'll guarantee a lot of his first year. We're not going to guarantee his second year because at this point, when you're a tackle in your mid-30s, you're kind of a year-to-year proposition. I think that's plenty fair. Uh, so there's also some signing bonus, too. So there is some incentive for the Vikings not to cut him. But you can basically set up a an extension where the Vikings still would have the option to cut him next year. That's really important. We're, we're, we're going to borrow a lot from 2022 here. So we can't afford to guarantee a lot of it, but at least we can kind of bring Riley Reef back to the negotiating table next year and say, all right, we're going to kind of do this year to year now. And then, of course, there's the Anthony Harris problem. Anthony Harris is coming off of, I don't even want to call it a down year, but production-wise, it wasn't a great year. And I think football-wise, I think the Vikings coaches understand that they asked Anthony Harris to do some less glamorous things to cover up things for the cornerbacks. And I, I think that they understand that they got a lot of value out of him, even though it didn't show up in actual, like, chartable production. And so a lot of uh, metrics are going to look down for him. That said, I do think there were some performances that bothered me a lot about Anthony Harris, especially down the stretch. There were some uh, moments where he looked a little bit slow to read and react, where he looked like he was, I don't want to say making business decisions, because I don't think I would ever accuse a football player of doing that unless I could beat them in a fight, which means I'm never going to... Con- accuse a football player of doing that. Uh, But here's the thing. There were some bad games in there that were just genuinely bad, bad angles, uh, late to react and late to break on things and stuff. And then there were some where he just sort of disappeared and wasn't the disruptive safety we're used to him being. And I think that's just because they changed his role to a less flashy one. So here's the thing. Let's give you a prove it contract. We're going to give you $6 million. This is a a lot of, if if I'm doing a uh, specific amount like this, I got it off of over the cap. Um, Over the cap has estimates on their player profile files for everybody, and I'm just copy-pasting those amounts instead of trying to evaluate it myself. They've definitely put a lot more work into it. I'm comfortable just kind of blindly citing them for this. So he's going to have a $6 million contract for 2021, and in 2022, we're going to tack on a $16 million fully unguaranteed contract. So it's basically an option year in 2022, and that includes a $2 million signing bonus uh, included in that 6 and 16. So it's actually 5 and 15 with a $2 million signing bonus. That's what we're going to give to him, and you get your prove it Deal. This is the value that you're worth. And if you do it, you get a huge payday next year. And if not, we cut you and good luck somewhere else. So that puts us in a situation where I'm pretty sure I got every starter back, uh, even the ones that I had resolved to cut in previous things like Shamar Stefan, he's coming back. Kyle Rudolph, he's coming back. Riley Reef, who I had traded in the other one, he's coming back. Uh, and we've doubled down on some things. We had to restructure Thielen and Barr, and we had to be pretty irresponsible with money in the future to get that done. So let's look at what we did to 2022, because 2022 has become a very hard year doing this, but we did basically run back the entire squad. If you thought the 2020 Vikings could be good if they just did it differently this time, here it comes. They can just try it, and then you can improve on the 2020 roster instead of improving on the 2020 roster minus whatever you lose this offseason. That would be kind of the idea here, and in a second, we're going to talk about how much we actually like that, because I think we what I proved is it's mostly possible outside of Eric Wilson, who's going to play a backup role. If you really want, you could spend a million dollars on Todd Davis. That's there. But we'll kind of take stock of all of that in just a second. But first, I want to talk to you about the lovely art 
of Grambling. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. There's no football anymore, cry a tear, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are all in full swing. And bet online even covers awards and TV shows, reality TV, and stuff with real time updated odds and props on anything you can imagine. Some of them are pretty funny. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Just go to betonline.ag. You can even use your mobile device and sign up today. And if you use promo code LOCKED ON, you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on. On your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, if you're like me, you might need a little bit of help getting your bets straight. Betting on sports doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. It's a daily podcast just like this one on gambling. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. So let's take stock of the damage we've done here because this is a plan that was pretty reckless with the future in order to guarantee continuity in the present. And I, I think both of those things uh, carry too many negatives for this to be an idea that's actually, like, worth it. But I do think that it's instructive that we proved that outside of specifically Eric Wilson, it was possible. It gives us $10 million, $9 million if you did Todd Davis, in 2021 cap space, but only $5 million, or a little under $6 million, in 2022 cap space. But here's the thing. We have a $15 million option that's on the books in that $5 million estimate. Uh, we have a $12 million Riley Reef possible savings if you cut him, and you can cut a whole bunch of other players in 2022 for somewhere between four, five, six, seven million dollars each bar. Adam Thielen, Eric Kendricks, Michael Pierce, Kyle Rudolph are all cuttable, and you can get a decent chunk if you cut all of those players. That's like $60 million in cuttable cash between them, and you can take however much you need, and you can also kind of evaluate based on the 2021 season. If any of those guys got old or didn't do what you want, you can still get rid of them. The problem is that would be a crap load of dead cap. It'd be mega inefficient, and it's not exactly a responsible way to go through this. It's kind of the, we're going for the let's go all in on continuity for one more year and then blow it up next year, and I don't think that's the right plan for this particular roster, uh, because it also, I mean, we also did some ridiculous things that obviously I wouldn't do, like bringing back Dakota Dozier. You could probably try to do better than, like, Sean Mannion. Um, I didn't bring back Anthony Harris in my simulation, though I did stipulate that I would be okay with it. The other thing is, we didn't prove that it was entirely possible, right? We didn't actually get Eric Wilson back to be a starting third linebacker, and a, a part of that is because I just think he's going to command too much more than he made in 2020, and it was just too hard to get the math to work out. But the other thing is that you'd be paying him a starting caliber salary to not start to be the third linebacker, and so there's like a lot of reasons that that just wouldn't make sense. A lot of people have said that the thing between Eric Wilson and Anthony Barr, and I did a whole episode about this a few weeks ago, if you want to go check out like my detailed thoughts on it, spoiler alert, I prefer keeping Anthony Barr. But I think a lot of people that have said like, it's kind of a dichotomy, you have to choose either you're bringing back Eric Wilson, or you're getting rid of Anthony Barr, and you're giving Eric Wilson the money you save off of that. And I think that that's a true dichotomy. I think you do have to pick between those two, it would just be kind of too ridiculous to bring back both considering what Eric Wilson will command, unless I'm wrong, and they get him back for $3 million, and then that's fine for a rotational guy. But if he's going to command what it sounds like he's going to command, 
And I think it's better for the Vikings and for Eric Wilson if he hits the market. But I guess when it comes to people talking about this offseason, you probably have heard this a lot, and you'll probably continue to hear this, that the Vikings like have to make all of these tough decisions. Depending on how much they are willing to torpedo their cap in 2022, which they've already kind of dumped a lot of really dumb contract stuff into specifically 2022. It's the least cuttable but most expensive Dalvin Cook year. It's the $45 million uh, Kirk Cousins year. There's a, a lot going on in Barr's contract in 2020. 2022 is going to be a very, very hard cap year, much harder than 2021 was supposed to be. This was supposed to actually be kind of a bridge year where things would be a little easier and then COVID hit and kind of wrecked it for everybody. But you're kind of doubling down on all of that. And by the way, uh, this was also assuming $185 million cap. If you have a $180 million cap, you're going with something that's more like $5 million against our cap this year. And then, of course, that rollover would also affect next year. So uh, you you basically would have an even cap in 2022, and you'd probably have to make some tough decisions then. But you can, at least if you wanted to, you could defer the tough decisions for a year. Now, I don't think that it's smart to do that, and I think it is more important to kind of make your decisions now, be in a year early on this stuff rather than a year late. And that's why I've advocated for some decisions that aren't the ones that I made here. But again, I still think it's instructive to kind of stress test the whole thing to prove, okay, if we really, really wanted to bring every single person back, how much of that can we do? And the answer is quite a lot if you really wanted to. And what that can really do, I think the, the most productive takeaway we can have from that is that if the Vikings let a player go, or if they trade Riley Reef, or if they cut someone for cap space, they're not doing it because they had to. And I think that's really important, that they could have, they did have the option to mortgage the future and keep all these players. And they decided that mortgaging the future that much more isn't worth keeping this player. And that is a decision that we can very much evaluate. I think it's not nearly as helpful when you have uh, players that just like they couldn't afford, like Xavier Rhodes, they just couldn't afford him. And Linval Joseph, they just kind of had to let those two guys go. I think I did a similar exercise to this last year. And correct me if I'm wrong, if you were around last year when we did that, but I'm pretty sure I couldn't figure out how to keep Rhodes and Joseph, and they just kind of had to. And so that decision and their evaluation of Rhodes and their evaluation of Joseph and stuff, and those two players did pretty well in their in their uh, next destinations. Well, we can't really use that. We can't really say, well, they were wrong about Xavier Rhodes, didn't need Xavier Rhodes, because they just couldn't keep Xavier Rhodes on the $13 million price tag unless they would have gotten him to agree to like a pay cut or whatever. And that is a, a lot of speculation. You're dealing with a lot of if this, if that, if that, then we can evaluate them on this decision. And I think that kind of sinks. I think it's better to be able to, you know, look at what decisions the Vikings didn't have to make and evaluate them on those decisions. And I think this year, a lot more than last year, we can say, yeah, we can evaluate you on these decisions. If the Vikings cut Riley Reef, if they cut Kyle Rudolph, if they can't figure out a way to pay Daniil Hunter, we can look at that and not say, oh, they couldn't figure it out, but they wanted to. We can say, no, they didn't want to enough. And I think that is a much different evaluative and a much different like rhetorical statement. If they don't bring somebody into 2021, it's because they didn't want to enough. That is the ultimate conclusion, the ultimate point of doing this whole exercise. Now, fear ye not. 
We are blowing it all up soon. We are going to do the complete opposite of this sometime next week is the blow it all up. It's one of my favorite episodes of the year because we get to just get completely wild. We're going to trade away Kirk Cousins. We're going to cut everybody who is feasibly cuttable, who would save the Vikings significant money to cut. And that's a lot of players. And we're going to see if we can't go with a total tank it year in 2021 and see if we can't make them better in 2022. Or maybe we have to wait till 2023, in which case it's not a better plan. But that's always how I look at tanking. We're going to do that sometime next week. Uh, we also make sure you stick around for Mock Draft Monday and uh, Twitter Tuesday and all that stuff. I always am taking questions. Everything's always open. Links for that in the show notes. You can find me on Twitter at NFL. You can find the show on Twitter at LockedOnVikings. I hope you all have a great weekend and I will see you all next week. And as always, Skull.